I can't. The World Cup soccer's on now. I'm rushing through this service. I've got to get home. So um, if you open your Bibles quickly, we'll get through this, and then we'll be able to go and see. And God is good. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Um, on the 10th of last month, I spoke and started speaking about kingdom and the culture of the kingdom and did not get even a quarter into the message, and then Holy Spirit had us do something else. So I'll just continue from there, and then within the last three weeks, God added some other stuff. So it's very, very good, and we'll see what Holy Spirit wants to do today. Just that worship again was just so amazing, man. Yesterday we had our connections class, and uh, we had Vivian and Dwayne there. And after the connections class, I said to her, where does your daughter, Danita, where does she get her voice? Because, my goodness, when she starts, it's just amazing. I mean, our, our singers, our worship team is really, it's something else. And she thought for a while, and then she said, mm, I said, was it from you or your husband? And she thought for a while, and she said, no, actually her grandmother so if she sounds like that, and the mother sounds like that, I can only imagine what the grandma sounded like. So heaven must be rejoicing with a voice like that right now. That was amazing, man. So worship team, thank you so much. That's wonderful. So we're going to talk today because we do in our Connections class. If you come to talk about Harvest and you want to know a little bit more about the church, we speak about a kingdom culture. So what does it mean to have a kingdom culture? We have to separate the word culture, look into that, what that means in kingdom. What does it mean to be living in a kingdom? So a kingdom culture. So today, people who are living in the kingdom many, many times still act like they're living in another culture or another kingdom. Yet they have been translated, Colossians 1, from the power of darkness into the kingdom of God. So you in the kingdom of God but you acting like you belong to another kingdom. Something wrong with that. So we're going to look today at, at why that could be. How is this possible? So many Christians today... Oh, yeah, let's go. Many Christians today are... This is just who I am. Take it or leave it. If you don't like it, then that's your problem, not mine. Jesus says, come as you are, but then be changed by my spirit so that you can grow into the fullness of Christ. Don't come to this kingdom and tell the king of the kingdom, this is just who I am. Take it or leave it. I am what I am. I'll say it like it is and don't tell me how to change. And that's what we find very, very often is people in the kingdom of God acting out an old mindset which is unrenewed to the word of God and his perfect will and thinking it's okay to say this is who I am, take it or leave it. You see, once you and I stepped into this kingdom, we gave up our right to be this is who I am. Take it or leave it. 
when we entered the kingdom, we said, I come as I am, but I leave that behind, and now I am going to walk in what you have called and predestined and ordained for me to do and walk in. Not just take it or leave it, this is who I am. That's who I was. And that's why things were not working. And praise God for the grace that I can now change from that to become this. But I can't stand here living like that and telling everyone, this is just who I am. Take it or leave it. And that's happening a lot. And we see it in politics. We see it in sport. We see it in the body of Christ. It's everywhere. I'll just tell it like it is. This is the way. That's not what the kingdom of God tells us to act like. So, so many things are not working because we have been translated into the kingdom of God, but we're still acting like we belong to the kingdom of darkness. And you can't have both. It doesn't work. So we're going to look at that today. That's why Jesus was very clear and he said, you cannot put new wine into an old wineskin. Because if you take the new wine which is not fermented and you put it into an old wineskin and then the wine starts fermenting, it expands and the wine skin, the bag that you put the wine in, will explode. It will burst. Now you have no bag and no wine. In other words, everything is lost. There's nothing left. You can't take a jacket which has been worn in and got a tear on it and put a new piece of leather on an old worn-in jacket because the new piece will tear from the old and rip the tear even bigger. And now it's all gone to smithereens. We can't take our old life, our old way of doing things, our old way of acting, our old way of thinking and bring it into the new kingdom that we belong to now. Because everything will be lost. Because there is a certain way that you and I act in this kingdom. There are certain rules and regulations and stipulations to how we behave in this kingdom. And do you know what? You and I don't really have a say. Because it is a kingdom. And that's the problem that we have today. We're going to talk about that. Culture. What does a culture mean? What does culture look like? I want us to... Can, does someone know how to turn off the lights? I just want to show us a quick video here. Anyone? Does anyone know? Thank you so much, Kevin. Zach, if you can just show us that video. Thanks so much. Thanks, Kevin. Sir, I want to spend the rest of my life with Tandy. I love her. And I brought Zillabola here to prove it. What's this? It's the kettle. 
You said 50, right? When others don't make sense, we do. You got the one-year warranty. But this is forever. A lot of people have no idea what just was shown and what that means and like what in the world are you showing us because we do not know. If you are from Africa, you understand. The thing that I do when I watch videos or sermons or things, sometimes I will go to the columns underneath where people write their remarks And many, many times you can get a nugget of gold somewhere in all the dirt and the trash there. And you know that this advert, it's the first time that I have ever seen not one negative comment about the advert. Not one, don't understand, this is not good, this is not funny. Every single comment, and I've watched this over and because this is good. And every single comment about this is good. But let me explain to you, for you who do not understand, like this white guy in there, if you do not understand the culture of a group or a people that you are living amongst, things will not work. And you will not understand why you are not getting the right results. Because you are used to doing something a certain way in your culture where it works and it's okay to do that. But once you step into another culture and you bring your way of doing things into that culture, it's not going to work over there because their culture is different and what you do does not work over here. So in Africa, when a man proposes and he wants to get married... He has to go to the parents of the lady that he wants to marry, and he has to pay labola. And he will talk to the father, and the father will say, you will pay so many cows. This is not, this is how it works in Africa. You pay cows so many for my daughter. This is what this whole thing is about. But this guy doesn't understand the accent, doesn't understand the language. This is brilliant. The music in the beginning is African. It's, you can see it's in a rural area. Tandy's standing there waiting for this guy. He comes along, and he shows him a kettle because the way the Africans speak, the accent is a little different. And if you don't understand what they're saying... And it's so good in this ad because he says, you said that I have to bring the kettle. And you can hear, in the background. (laughs) She was saying, cattle, cows. You need to give my dad 50 cows if you want to marry me. That's the labola. So he goes out and buys 50 kettles and brings 50 kettles and says, You said, if I have to, I have to pay. I have to bring 50 kettles. Each kettle, man, sir, I promise you, this is a one-year warranty, but Tandy and me, this is for life. (laughs) So if you do not understand even the accent, the way the people speak, 
you will not be able to function in that culture. Can we just watch it one more time now that you understand and make sense of it? Now watch it again, please. Zach. Sir, I want to spend the rest of my life with Tandy. I love her. And I brought Zillabola here to prove it. What's this? It's the kettle. You said 50, right? When others don't make sense, we do. You got the one-year warranty. But this is forever. Now that you have a better understanding, now it makes more sense. Now it's, oh, that's actually pretty good. So that's what we're going to talk today, a little bit about kingdom and culture. Because the way we grow up, and the way we grow up specifically in the West, when we enter into God's kingdom, we like that guy. We don't understand the language. We don't understand the words. We don't understand what is meant, and now things just don't work because of your different understanding of the culture and the custom that you find yourself in. So that's what we're going to look at today. So you have to, I have to, we have to completely change once we enter the kingdom of God, and we have to adapt to the culture of the kingdom. And this kingdom works everywhere. This kingdom never stops. This kingdom doesn't get smaller. This kingdom is expanding all the time. And another misconcept is oh, the kingdom is for, you know, the people who stand in front. Let them do it. They can do it. They talk. They got, they call to this. And it's not. This kingdom is for each and everyone who enters into the kingdom of God to go out and expand this kingdom. Doesn't matter what your past looked like, doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter how long you have been in this kingdom. Once you have been translated into this kingdom, this kingdom works. And when we believe in this kingdom and do what this kingdom tells us to do and operate under the certain laws of this kingdom, we will see this kingdom manifesting in our daily lives. I want Mo to come up here quickly and just, he was telling me this testimony and which he often does. He phones and he said, I've got to tell you this. Look what God did. I've got to tell you. And all the time it's just, I mean, this guy's been a Christian for not even a year. Something like that. Something like that. And just every day at work, at work, in the truck where he's putting windows in, just testimony after testimony of, you know, and I used to be in the kingdom of darkness. Now I'm in this kingdom. Let me tell you what's happening. So I won't steal his thunder. All right. Good morning, everyone. All right. So um, this is about me and uh, Jonathan. Jonathan is the guy, the guy that works with me, and he, he's not here today. He's uh, out of town. But um, it's just really amazing things happen every day that we're together. I mean, we see God's presence just everywhere. So often we just look up and just don't even know what to say, just speechless. It's like, what? How, how does that work? So it's amazing the way Jonathan came to working with me. 
So I, uh, I got to share about that a little bit because uh, it's just amazing. Uh, so I was praying that God sends me the right people to work because it's a struggle to find people that, you know, right people to work nowadays. I don't know why, but that's the way it is. So it was all through prayer. Uh, I put a ad out and then I had a bunch of people call me and I, uh, I was busy. So I had a bunch of missed calls. So later on, I went home and I didn't know who to call. So I prayed again, and I just scrolled through those numbers, and I put my finger on one, and I said, okay, this one is it. So I called him, and we, we had like a 45-minute conversation. It was, just, it was just so good to talk to him. We barely talked about work. We just talked about life, and he was um, just a really humble guy. And um, so I asked him at some point, are you, are you a believer? And he said, uh, not really. He said, I don't really believe in God. Most of his family are uh, were Christians. He said he didn't really believe. He was uh, confused by religion, and he liked science a lot. So these things sounded great to me because I was the same guy. So, um, well, I told him, just, you know what, come in the next day anyway. So um, he came in, and we had a bunch of work to do on that day. And it was crazy because we ended up doing no work. There was some problem or something going on with every job we went to. So we spent all day just riding around in this truck. And since early in the morning, um, I opened up that conversation. I said, so let's talk about, about God and, you know, your confusion. And, and he was very open to it, so it was good. And I just, I mean, I poured my heart out to this, uh, this, this guy and just told him everything I knew about Christ and shared my testimony with him. And um, I love science, too. We talked about that, but just, you know, did told him everything I I knew the way I knew how to you know about about Jesus and just being a Christian and as the day went on he uh, just began to tell me that he feels that he says this is the most amazing day of my life and at first I'm okay you know that that's good and then he kept on really really like trying to let me know he would he would turn in the seat and says no really this is the most amazing day of my life I said okay well how What's going on is that just everything makes sense, and everything is different about, to, everything about life is different today. There is something going on in me today. I knew what was going on, because <laughs> when, I was, when I was speaking to him, I, I was listening to my own self. It was just the Holy Spirit just flowing through me, and I mean, the things that would come out of me, I was, I was, wow, I'm like, that's, that's amazing. So... Just praise God for all of this because it is just all God. And, uh, well, he even, you know, cried, and I was crying with him by the end of the day, and it was just, it was just an amazing day. I felt so good, too. And, you know, anyways, he went home, and I went home at the end of the day, and the next morning he, he comes up, and he's, he looks really anxious, and finally he pulls me to the side and says, Mo, Mo, I got to tell you. So he said, yesterday I stayed up till about 2 in the morning, man, just talking to my wife and, my uh, mom and brother, and he said, and uh, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and it was, and he said, I am automatically feel this peace over me. This, just today is different. It's like I'm a brand new person. I'm saying, yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> so uh, now we just talk about the Lord pretty much 90, 95% of the time. If we don't have to talk about work, we talk about the Lord and just how to you know, what does it mean to just follow Christ and how we, we should do that? And, and 
just like I said earlier, amazing things happen. So um, now one day we we also well, now we started praying. Before we start a job, we pray. So one day a few weeks ago, I'm sitting there in this person's driveway and about ready to start the job. So we pray, and uh, when we finish praying, somebody from across the street says, "Amen," and we turn around and it's the couple of neighbors there just looking at us and uh, we waved at them and smiled and it was good so you know we went on with our work and um, Jonathan went inside of the house I had some stuff to do on the outside of the house so um, then the neighbor came and just started talking to me and said you know that was really amazing you don't usually see that um, often nowadays so he said that was just really good to see two guys pray like that before they start a job and so we started talking and he this guy was was a pretty firm uh, Christian as well. He was a believer, and so we started talking. I started sharing with him. I shared my testimony with him, and he was so amazed because he has some friends that are um, Muslims, and they're open to discussing, you know, the uh, things about religion, and you know, but he does not know how to do it. He said, I don't know how. So, man, this is so great. Like, it's amazing that I meet you today, and it's just... It is. Uh, just God, God works in such mysterious ways. It's so awesome. So he wanted my advice, and I gave him the best advice that, you know, I could through my personal experience. And um, so then the mail guy comes to deliver mail, and then he runs to the mail guy and stops him. It's like, hey, let me come here. Uh, he gets out the truck. It's like, let me introduce you to Mo. He has an amazing testimony. And... Um, <laughs> They knew each other, so, you know, the guy's like, oh, praise God. So we all sitting there now, three Christians just talking about the Lord in the middle of the street, and it was so good. I mean, this lasted for hours. So uh, before we parted ways, you know, we wanted to pray. So we put our arms around each other and, you know, get into a circle, and we, we prayed. And um, then we split up, and well, I had work to do, so... Um, but it's, I always put that work to the side. When it comes to talking to somebody about the Lord, it's, I, I will get into it, and I say, don't worry about work. There's another time for that. <laughs> so, anyways, I went back to work, and Jonathan comes out a few minutes later, and he has this crazy look in his face, and he comes up to me, and he's, he's just pacing around side to side, and I, I don't know what's going on. He said, Mo, i just seen the most amazing thing. I just seen the most amazing thing. I said, well, what did you see? And he said, you didn't see it? You didn't know that? I said, I don't even know what you've seen. So why don't you tell me what, what are you talking about? Then I'll tell you if I've seen it. And he said, well, it's so, oh, my goodness. Oh my, and he had a hard time. I'm like, come on, man, just go ahead. He said, okay. So he said, I was at the window watching, just notice you guys coming together. And he said, and when you guys started praying, he said, there was this very strong beams of light just came down on you guys. And he said, you didn't see that? I said, well, I kind of had my eyes closed. I don't know. So uh, he said, no, it was, it was so amazing. He said, I even tried to take out my phone and try to take a picture. He said, I didn't know what to do, man. He said, my heart started beating so fast. I, was, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And he said, I, cu- I couldn't even take a picture. He said, my phone just froze. And I just sat there and stared at you guys until... As soon as you guys were done, he said everything went, went back to normal. And I'm sitting there, are you serious? And he, and it was hot outside, and he, he sticks his arms out. He's like, look at me, man. And his, he's got the chills all of his hair in his body, just standing. And I'm like, and his eyes are like, 
you don't understand. I just seen the most amazing thing. So it was, it was just, it was so, so good. Um, yeah. So this kingdom truly works. It is amazing. Today we in America read the Bible and because of the way we grew up, we don't have a clear understanding of many of the meanings of the Word of God that it tries to bring forth. It's not your fault. You were born here. You couldn't help it. But because of you and I being born in the West and the way we grew up, we have a mindset that is different to the mindset of the kingdom. And when the Word speaks about certain terminologies and understandings and concepts, because of our understanding and our mindset, we don't really understand what the Word is saying. And until we start understanding kingdom language and concepts that God has placed in the Word with His meaning behind words, things are not going to work. So we have a memory trace or a neurological pathway that doesn't allow us to fully grasp biblical truths. So certain aspects of God's word trying to bring truth to us gets distorted by our Western lens. And because we look through a different lens than what God has, things are a little bit blurry and we can't see clear. And until we change the lens of our kingdom and our culture so that it fits and lines up with the one that God presents to us, things are not going to work the way that they should. So, for example, things creep into our everyday existence that we believe and we say and we adhere to. But many times we, we start believing because of things happening around us. We start believing half-truths and not the whole truth. And Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, not a half-truth. And just in our conversation, in news and TV and media and everywhere we go, people speaking, you can hear the half-truths that are out there that people believe. And half-truths do not set free. Jesus is not halfway the truth and the life. He is the way, the truth, not half of him. What he says, what he explains to us is right or wrong. That and that alone is the truth. So we believe sometimes half truth. So, for example, it is, you know, sometimes we hear it is God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Have you heard that one before? Now, that's good if you use that in your personal life as in, if God said it, I believe it's a done deal. I'm going to do what the Word says. If He said it, if it's in His Word, I'm going to do it. That settles it. That's good if you use it that way. But what if somebody comes and they said, okay, well, God said it. I don't believe it. So is that still settled? And you hear people now picking and choosing what we believe, what we like, what we don't like. Oh, this is a bit tough. This is a bit hard in the word. We're not going to go with that. And I don't believe that. So if you don't believe it, it means it's not settled. If you don't believe in the whole truth, does it mean that just the half truth pertains to you now? Psalm 119 Verse 89, 
It says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Bam. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. What if you don't believe in heaven? What if you don't believe in hell? What if you don't believe that this word is the word of God? What if you don't believe that God is good? You see, now we start, because whatever you believe does not change the truth that his word is settled forever in heaven. What does change, however, is the way you view it and what you now come to believe about what he says. It doesn't change the truth, but it changes what you will receive because you're believing for something else now other than the truth. And we have this all over, half-truths. Well, I don't really believe that, or it can't really mean that. And the word is very clear. So it doesn't change the truth. It just changes the way we see it. And your lens now looks at truth in a different way. In Mark 4, 17, if we can put that verse up, very, very famous, right in the beginning of the Gospels. Jesus comes and he says, hey, repent. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, change the way you think. Kingdom of heaven, you, you can't do life the way you used to do life before I arrived. Now that I've arrived, I come to show you the kingdom. I bring in the kingdom, and now you've got to do things in a different way. The kingdom is now here. So before this kingdom, you could do things in a certain way, but now that the kingdom is here, you've got to do things differently. So change the way you think about your actions, your words, the way you do life. Because the way we are going to do life now is different. You can't bring in the old way into the new kingdom. Change your mind. That's Jesus speaking. So this word kingdom, we don't really understand. And that brings a problem. Because kingdom truly just means the king and his domain. That's it. The kingdom. I am now in the kingdom of... I used to be in the kingdom of rifle. It was my way. This is the way it works in my world. You will treat me nicely. You will do what I say or else. It's just the way I live. That's the way it was. That's the way I thought. Arrogant, pompous, so much pride. My world. Kingdom of rifle. And now God says, no, 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 rifle. When you enter into this kingdom... That kingdom doesn't exist anymore. Now you enter into my kingdom. This is my kingdom and it's my domain. I am king. I rule and I reign in here. When you enter into here, your kingdom of the world of rifle does not exist anymore. But it's now the kingdom of God. And now I become Lord. See, I love the Savior part. But do I love the Lord part? When the Lord speaks, is it just a yes? He said it, let's do it. 
Or is it, ah, you well, I don't really think that's for today, or that can't, man, that's a little harsh. Let's talk, a, no, he's Lord, it's his kingdom, and it's his domain. So what the king says is right. And in the West, we don't always understand that. And you can go throughout Scripture. It's over and over. I mean, if you take in 1 Kings, I think it's chapter 3, where the two ladies come to Solomon, the mother, the babies died. They bring the one child. And they both say, it's my child. This is, and they argue and they fuss. And Solomon listens for a while. Solomon is the king. He's the king of the kingdom. So what he says goes. So they fuss and they, you know the situation. So eventually he says, okay, hush. And you know what the Bible says? He says, bring me a sword. Chop that child in half. You don't hear there, oh, wait, hang on. I'm going to the court of appeals. That just doesn't sound very friendly. I'm going to write to the minister of whoever, and we, we need to talk about this because chopping a child, no, that can't. The king said, bring me a sword. They brought him a sword, and they were going to chop the child in half because it's a king and his domain. There was no arguing. There was no, that's a bit rough. That's a bit harsh. That was, so the guy who worked for the king, when he said, bring me a sword, did not turn around and say, let's think about this. <laughs> Do you know what he did? He went and got a sword and brought it to the king because that was his order. That's how a kingdom works. You have the king and his word is right. And what he says goes and you do not really have a say in it. And, and in another teaching, we can talk about free will and we'll bring all of that in. But do you understand what I'm talking about? Just here, the king and his domain. We do have free will to say. I'm not going to do that, but that's not for today. The king and his word. So presidents that we have today in the West, United States, England, Germany, Canada, South Africa, France, you and I choose them. You have a say. You can pick who you like. And if you don't like someone, vote him out. In a kingdom, brother and sister, there's no vote. You don't choose who you like. Ask the people in North Korea how that's working for them. Ask the people, go talk to G and Janet. Go talk to them coming from China. Tell them to go to their president and tell them what you think of him if you don't like him. Ask them what happens. G's dad's in the military. Go and sit and talk. They'll tell you stories. They know what it's like growing up where you have a king or a ruler and what he says goes. And that's kingdom language when we talk about the Bible. But God is a good God. He's a good dad. So it's not that he's authoritative and getting everyone to bow down because he's God. It's not. But when he says something, we in this kingdom should just obey. And we have a problem with that growing up in the West. Because in the West, we can argue. 
You can make a sign. You can walk around the White House. doesn't matter who your president is. And you can say out there, we don't like this guy. He's not good. You can take a microphone, walk up and down the street, tell all the president's faults why he's not a good leader, how he should change. This is not good. This is not working. In a democracy, that's your right. But in a kingdom, brother and sister, we can't do that. We can't when God says, do this, love your neighbor, turn the other cheek, lay down your life, have a placard and walk around and say, we don't think that's a good idea. We don't feel that's for us today. That's not, no, that's just too harsh. Every single time, and you can start in the Garden of Eden, for whatever reason man disobeyed the king's words, the repercussions of that was absolute mayhem for mankind. You may think you know better, like Adam and Eve. Enemy comes, lies to them. They disobey. Look what happened. How was the kingdom, the Tower of Babel started? God says, go out, spread out this glory. Like he said to Adam and Eve, they come to the valley of Shinar. They say, wow, you know what? We're not going to spread out. We're going to stay just here. This looks like a good place to settle. And they disobey, Tower of Babel. And every single time in the word where the king spoke and people disobeyed, did not end well for them. Are you and I listening to the words of the king and obeying so that our life can work out well? Because I just see it more and more and more in counseling where I deal with people, where people come with their ideas and it is totally absolutely against what the Word of God is saying. And they don't understand why they can't receive peace and why they can't receive freedom and why their life is so hard and so difficult. And when you tell them, when you, you know, husband and wife, wife, you obey, you submit, oh, well, let me tell you, you have no idea my husband and he's a... Blah, blah, blah. <sighs> This is not going anywhere because you're doing it according to the world's way instead of according to the way of the kingdom. And until we accept in our lives that we are in a kingdom and he is king, things are not going to work. I'm so glad you're enjoying this message. You can see, I mean, on television now, people, late-night comedians, just absolutely vulgar, spewing hate everywhere. And we grow up in that here in the West, and it's okay. So our memory trace, we just see it every day on the news, in the paper. You can't turn anywhere. You used to turn to sport to get away from it. Now you can't even do that anymore. It's all over. And it's just, wow, it's okay if you don't like and you can say and you have a right. In democracy, you have that right. But now we're so used to that way of doing things and we want to bring a democracy mindset into a kingdom mindset and it does not work. The other thing that's very different in a kingdom is whatever position you take up to serve the king, all your needs are met. All your needs are met. In a kingdom, if you, if you cook for the king, you don't have to go out and use your money to buy the chicken and the eggs. It's provided for you. But you cook what the king tells you to cook. 
You obey what he says for you to put on the plate, on the table. If you are a soldier in the army of the king, all your weapons, your shields, your ammunition, whatever you use, it's provided for you. But you serve the king as he tells you to serve. You don't choose when they say to you, okay, listen, yeah, your shift is from 12 at night to 12 in the afternoon. Well, you need to go talk to my mother about that. I'm really just not a morning person, you know. <laughs> you can ask my mom. She knows because when she woke me up, I just, you know, I, 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock I surface, so I don't think I'll do that shift. Is that okay? No, it's not. Try that in a kingdom. So when God says, this is what I created you to be, in that all your provision will come forth. Everything you need is in your Ephesians 2 verse 10, good path. There's a good work already laid up before the foundation of the earth. When the king calls you, because that's another problem that we have today in this democracy. And parents mean good, and it sounds amazing, but when we say to our children, you can be anything you want to be. It sounds wonderful, but it's a lie. You can only be and have peace and success if you do what God has purposed you to do. Because we have kids now at university running around wanting to do things that God never meant for them. But the parents want them to do it. And the grandparents are talking and let's do this and do that. And it's not God's plan. Now there's stress and there's pressure, anxiety, suicide when the exams come. Why? Because they're not fulfilling their purpose. And when you take your gift and your talent, you find out what you are, and you use that to serve the king, everything is provided for you, including your peace. And it's a nice thing to say to kids, because, man, we believe in our kids. Our kids are amazing. But you know what? They can't just choose and say, well, um, that makes the most money. I'm going to do that. Well, did God call you to do that? Because all the money in the world is not going to make you happy. But if you find what God has called you to do, if you find your place in the body, oh man, it's going to work. Well, there's no money in that business. You watch God make a river in a desert for you. You watch the Red Sea part concerning finances if you do what God has told you to do. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. You do. You find your place. Well, I have to move to another city. Well, let's start packing. Let's go. Because the only place you're going to find peace and joy is in the perfect will of God. In a kingdom where he says, this is what I've destined for you. This is the only place you're going to be happy. He's trying to bless all the time. He's trying to bless all the time. But if you're an ear trying to be an eye, it's difficult to bless an ear that cannot see. And he's trying to help as much as he can. We have to find our place in the kingdom of his domain and do what he says. And everything is provided for us. People argue today about who can go into the military. They fight, and I think it's my right, and I feel this way, and I don't believe I'm this, and I need to do this. And you know what happens? The military gets weaker. But when the king says, man, I see you're a soul. This is what you're created. You have all your weapons. You go. You'll have a strong military that protects the king. And what does the king do? Protect his people. Look out for the benefits of his people to keep them safe. 
different cultures around the world. Man, we have so many cultures that are completely the opposite of the Word of God. And they just carry on because we've been doing it for so many thousands and thousands of years. And we carry on and things are not working and it just causes havoc. Because it's against what the kingdom of God tells us to do. Man, I just, gee was. I'll take one example. Taiwan. My wife, Taiwanese. Old traditional culture in Taiwan. All the children you have, the oldest son stays in the house when the children get married. The oldest son stays in the house. And he gets married, his wife moves in with him and their kids. And they all live with grandma and grandpa. So now it's one big unhappy family. <laughs> but that's the way they've been doing people for thousands of years. And the heartache that that brings is amazing. How many of my friends, when they were going to get married, was, I hate you, I don't, I don't. But I'm like, why, man? Why do culture? Got to do it. Got to do it. And now this wife, who moves in with the oldest son, has to clean, cook, do everything for everybody, not just for her family, but now for grand and grandpa too. And everyone that comes and stays, it's just burdensome. It's not right. Because God has a perfect way. Genesis 2.24, for this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father, cling to his wife, they shall become one spirit. Bam, there's marriage. As soon as you get married, out, gone. Leave and cleave. So now you're two happy families instead of one big unhappy family. And even today, there are so many people where mom and dad are still telling the married children what to do. This is how you raise a kid. Don't bath the child like that. Don't give them this food. Don't do this. Don't do that. That's how they did it with you, but they still have the say. They still wear the pants in the house. And the married mother and father just have to take it, take it, all this unhappiness, and let's just bear with this because otherwise it's a mess because it's not the way of the kingdom. In China, where they had the one-child policy, you know what now? For every 130 men that are uh, every 130, yes, every 130 men that are born, there are only 100 women. Because the Chinese, the boy, everyone wanted a boy when it's one child policy because the boy carries the family name. Very big in Asia. So if it's a girl and they find out abort, kill, another child, wait till you have a boy because you can only have one. You know what's happening now in China? The Chinese race is literally dying out, the pure Chinese breed, because there are 130 boys or men for every 100 women. And many of them just can't or won't be able to marry because of the numbers. There aren't enough ladies. And what's happening now is Chinese are buying up the whole world. They're going to Africa. They're going to everywhere. And they're marrying other women from other nations. And the Chinese race is beginning to not be the Chinese race anymore. Why? Because of a policy that goes against be fruitful and multiply. And we can go on and on and on and cultures and what you do. But if we obey the king and we are in his domain and we do what he says, he will work out the ramifications of the obedience that we take. Yeah. But to just do something because it's a culture and this is the way we do it and let's just keep the peace, that peace does not stay there very long. 
and it eats the family up from the inside, which is not good. I'm going to take, is five minutes okay? I've never done it. I'm just going to finish with this verse. First Peter 2 verse 9 in the King James, the original King James. Talking to you and I now, Peter writing to us in this kingdom of God. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. We've done this before. It's nothing new. Peculiar. Strong's 1519. Ice. Which means to come into or enter into something that is there. So in other words, he says you are a peculiar people. So as soon as you enter into this kingdom, you have entered into being peculiar. You don't have to become peculiar. You don't have to try and be. Once you enter this kingdom, you know what? You're peculiar. You're just strange. You're weird. You just don't fit in. My goodness, but you stand out. You're peculiar. So when everyone else is running their mouth and flapping their jaws and everything that is so bad and whatever, you're just thanking God and you're giving thanks in all things because this is the will of the Father. And when you go to the doctor and they give you a report, man, I would have just, how, how do you handle that? Because by his stripes I was healed. Man, you're just so weird. They're downsizing. Do you know that 40% of us are going to get laid off? We're going to have to find a new job? Well, praise God, if he's got something better for me, I'll be in the 60% that are going. Isn't that wonderful? How can you think that way? You're just so weird. Because I am peculiar. Child of God, are you peculiar? Do people look at you? Do they listen to your speech? And you just speak differently to the world. Or when you see a problem, do you talk about the problem? Do you magnify the problem? Do you pray the problem? Do you get other people to look at the problem, to see the problem? Because there's a problem. Do you know there's a problem? Or do you look at the answer and say, there's a problem, let there be light. Man, you don't have money? That's amazing because I'll be ripping my nails out of my fingers. You know, I don't have to because my God, who's the king of this domain, shall supply all my needs when I do what he tells me to do in his kingdom, in his riches, and his glory. I put my trust in him. Why? Because his word is settled in heaven forever. Do people listen to the way you speak and just say, man, this, this, I don't know what it is, but that person, like Mo, when they phone and they talk, do you speak 40 minutes about God or do you speak, can you, can you nail a nail through a roof? If he asked me that, I wouldn't get the job, but <laughs> probably have to ask someone, but are you just different? When you get to a job site, can you call everyone together and say, in this kingdom, this is how we do it. We pray, we ask for wisdom, we're thankful for this day, and we go and work. Man, it's so hot. Why do we have to stand in the sun? This is so awful. Praise God we got a job. How are you different? Are you peculiar? Or are you the same as the rest of the world? 
if you are, Romans 12, 2, do not be transformed to this world, but be transformed. Do we conform? Do we look like everyone else? If someone should take your bank book and they open it up and they read every statement, does it look like everyone else in the world? Or is someone going to say, yes, look at this money. You To the church? Missions? Believe, wow, this is amazing. Wow. What's your return on this? Whatever your rate on investment that you're getting on this? How or does your bank book just look like everybody else's? Are you and I peculiar? Because if we have entered into this kingdom, which I believe we have, most of us here, if you have not, we can pray for you to receive Jesus and you can enter that kingdom right now. We have to leave this way, this thinking behind. Because if we go into that kingdom with this mindset, it's not going to work. You can't put old wine in a new wineskin because everything will be lost. We have to not just look different. We have to be peculiar to the world. Because in that being peculiar, they will see God. And the only way they're going to see God is through you and I. The only way they're going to know that this kingdom is real and it works is through your and my fruit, your and my testimony, and your and my life every day. Because people are watching. You may not think they're watching, but they're watching. Every single day when you wake up, it's a chance to manifest this kingdom. But we have to be peculiar. Not just for being peculiar in the eyes of the world, but being peculiar because we belong to a king and his word is the only word that we obey. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you for translating us, your word says, out of the power of darkness and putting us into the kingdom of the son of your dear love. And we are grateful that you have done that for us by your grace, by your mercy. So that we don't have to say, this is me, take me or leave me. No, we come and we say, this is me, take me and change me. Change me to be a peculiar, a peculiar people. That people would see, that people would hear, that people would know that God is in my life and he is my life. That everything I do is done as unto the Lord. My speech, my thoughts, my actions, everything that I do, let it be magnifying the King of Kings, the one who died for us and gave us this amazing opportunity to leave a kingdom where there was lying, stealing, killing, and destroying all the time and stepping into a kingdom where we have victory all the time through the king of that kingdom. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you saved us. Thank you that you plucked us out of darkness, took us out of the miry clay, the muck and the dirt, and washed us and cleansed us with your blood. And today we have the honor and the privilege of every day being cleansed by the water of the word which is settled in heaven.
which will not return to you void, which is like the rain coming down from heaven and will accomplish that for which it was sent. So today, Holy Spirit, our prayer is mark us to be a peculiar people. Mark us so that people would see that Jesus is Lord and Savior of our lives. Mark us so that in everything we do, you would be glorified. That people would see that every action, word, thought, gesture that we do is to glorify you and to be pleasing to you and to love on you because you give us our breath. In you we live and breathe and have our being. So we thank you for being such an amazing king who just has our best at heart. Such an amazing king who provides everything. Your word says that we not just need but desire. That's the king that you are. And we gladly come and serve you in this kingdom. And we pray, Holy Spirit, reveal to us our place in this kingdom so that we may serve you in the way which you have created us to serve. So that we will have peace in our spirit, peace in our souls, and peace in our bodies as well. You're a good, good father. And your kingdom is good. And Jesus, you have given us the keys to the kingdom so here we are today we just say we are yours we are yours we are yours we are clay in your hands you do with us what you want we are your flock we are your people help us in Jesus name to be peculiar to the world so that they will know that there is a loving father in 